Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in studio today with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Tell me what you've been watching slash listening to slash reading. Still working on Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Haven't given up yet. It's going great so far. You guys have seen it. I have not. Really? No, I never I never watched it. Oh. I know. Ooh, that's crazy. I know. Um, most impressive part, I think, is they recreated 1960s really well. Not that I lived through it. Or, so I <laughs> Just <don't>. like I remember. <laughs> you can tell. Yeah, I remember Nam and <laughs> JFK. But, um, I mean, the clothes and the set design, all very impressive. AMC does a good job with their shows, mm-hmm. so I'm enjoying it. And Ozark Season 2 just started. So I really liked Season 1. Season 2 is going great so far. Mm-hmm. So. so happy for you. Oh, thanks. Mad Men is on Netflix. It is. And, you know, Netflix now gives you, like, previews when you hover over a right. show. And so we mm. were doing the ritual, what are we going to watch? Let's spend three hours finding something on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the Mad Men trailer came up, and I couldn't believe how young John Hamm looked. Oh. Because season one was 2000. It's been like 12 years now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he looked really young, like baby-faced. Hmm. It was weird. Huh. Anyway, I I would be interested to... Watch it again and see what the difference is. Do you think the smoking is real? No. On the show? Really? No, they used like herb. Something. Oh. They, and uh, the all the liquor is like just like dark oh, water. Oh, it's like dark water. Yeah, because okay. they would be. Man, they would be. <laughs> I would love to see like a list of shows where they drink real liquor. Do you think they let them? I'm sure there are shows where that where they're drinking like real stuff. There have to be. I just feel like you do so many takes. Don't they shoot at like 8 a.m. though? Like wouldn't they be like. Yeah. And you're shot. Like I heard someone on a podcast talking about they had a scene where they have to eat. Uh huh. And they have to figure out a way to make it look like they're eating without actually taking any bites because you're doing 50 takes. Oh. And if you're taking 50 bites of a turkey sandwich, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you're dead. Uh-huh. So I would assume drinking whiskey you shouldn't actually be drinking whiskey. Interesting. Because hmm. what? Like how much whiskey and you're like passed out? It depends on who you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. me, it'd be like a <laughs> Me- sip. Meg walks by a bar and she already has to be <laughs> hospitalized. Exactly. Eli, what have you been watching? A couple of weird things. I have watched the Lindsay Lohan dancing video like 300 <laughs> Wait, what? what is you, you haven't seen, seen this? it? No. Pull it up right now. Uh, you got to watch it. So... And people have been taking so she's she's in Greece because I think that's where she lives now, <laughs> and she's doing this like really really weird kind of like Exorcist girl looking dance, and the video is sort of without color, and so it, it, the video looks weird. So people have been taking her out of the video and clipping it into the Mean Girls. Uh, what's the the Christmas song they sing on the stage? Jingle oh, Bell Rock. Jingle Bell Rock. And yeah. they've been like clipping her over her character in Jingle Bell Rock. And it is like really kind of on point and very, very funny. <laughs> so this video has just like gone out and everybody's just like, what the heck is going on here? And she's like at one point rapping, I think. It's just very strange. So I'm having a hard time finding the actual video. Do you have it? Nick has it. He's got it right there. So she's like on the beach kind of. And she's just sort of. Oh, now people are, people doing are recreating it. People are recreating this thing. So, if anybody has not seen this, you need to just go look it up. 
Um, and she's wearing like this weird silver jumpsuit. jumpsuit. <laughs> I mean, did you see that interview with her? Uh, yeah, a year or so ago, where she has like this accent now. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a few years ago. She had a British accent for one interview. I mean, it worked in the parent like, trap. Now it's like Eastern European, and people are like, "What is going on? What is this?" Human? And I, I felt bad. Like it's hard. I feel bad making fun of her because there's clearly mental health issues, yeah. and I don't want to make fun of mental health issues. But it's like it's so hard not to watch this. It's just yeah. so crazy. <laughs> Anyway, the da- the dancing video has taken so much time that I have watched little TV. Um, I okay, and then in other news, I can't. I do not have the constitution to watch Shark Tank, but I keep watching it. It's yeah, like, I've seen your tweets. It's <laughs> I'm like tweeting about it constantly. It's uh, thank you for not liking those tweets, by the way. Okay, you know what? No, you know Keep what? Going. You recently had a. You recently gave me an excuse that you don't like my tweets because you don't see them. Okay, I'm gonna like them right now. Thank you. I like to guilt people into liking my tweets. <laughs> I don't That's have the. Con- how you got I don't, where you are today? That is how I got it. I don't have the constitution to watch it. It is like, I cry every single time I watch that show. You cry when you watch Shark Tank. Shark Tank, and I don't think you're supposed to cry watching Shark Tank. It's not like Queer Eye. But like the people get up there and I just and they start talking about their business and they're just like so nervous and their voices are shaky and the people are being mean to them and I start crying because I'm so proud of them for like trying something. Can I tell you something that will make you feel better? Yeah. I've interviewed a number of previous Shark Tank contestants because you know Utah's a big like entrepreneur hub. Yeah. We have a lot of startups. A lot of these people go on Shark Tank. It's never not beneficial for them to appear, whether they get an investment or not. Yeah. They all do it just. To get name recognition. That makes sense. That so makes sense. don't don't cry yourself to sleep because they know what they're doing. Well, it, it's and it's not even so much that I feel bad for them. I cry because I'm so proud. Oh, of Oh, you're them. proud. <laughs> well, like that's they're my different. children. That's <laughs> something you should talk with a licensed professional about. All right, perhaps. all right. Um, I'm still watching Parks and Rec, which is just great. It's just delightful. Um, I also started listening to the Binge Mode podcast. Okay. From The Ringer. Um, they're doing Harry Potter. What are they doing? They're <laughs> just talking about Harry Potter. So, like, the first episode is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, chapters one through five. And it's just a super deep dive into Harry Potter and what's happening and what J.K. Rowling was doing. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. They're two really funny hosts who do voices and have kind of foul language. And it's just like a fun adult take on Harry Potter. But they're not making fun of Harry Potter. They, oh, they love, love Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, This is called what? Binge Mode. Binge Mode. Binge mode. Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion. And Mallory is the executive editor at The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, really great podcast voice, really fun to listen to. And so is, what's the guy's name? Jason. Jason. Concepcion. Um, so that's just delightful. That's like one of the podcasts where I find stuff to do so I can listen to the podcast. Like, no, I'll do the dishes Uh and I'm going to take the dog for a walk just so like I have a minute to enjoy the podcast. That's how the Richard Simmons podcast was for me. Oh yeah, that was good. That was really good. I hadn't found a podcast in a long time that I was like wanting to find activities to do where I could listen to it. 
and like I would go on runs and then I would just like finish my run and then walk for like yeah. another 30 minutes because <laughs> I was like, gotta find out what happened to Richard Simmons. Um, Did you listen to that? No, I didn't. You gotta listen to that one. It's, it's fascinating. Huh. It's really Because Richard Simmons disappeared. Did you know that? Wait, so Richard Simmons, the exercise. Yeah. 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 He yeah. just disappeared. No one's seen Richard no Simmons one... in years. In Wait, years. Who, who did it? Like what podcast company did it? <sighs> I don't know. It was just a guy. Oh, really? He took his classes. Yeah. I don't know what podcast company do you know hmm. is it called finding richard simmons or something searching for richard simmons something i mean Just there's Google only one it. richard simmons podcast yeah and the it's like an eight-ish episode podcast where he like dives deep and like goes on the search to figure out what happened to him and it's sort of like a whodunit vibe where he's like was it the maid did she is she hiding him away somewhere is he safe is he locked away Here's another crazy person in his life, and this person won't talk to me. And it's really fascinating. It huh. also gets to a point where I get to in any of those podcasts where it's like, is it ethical to have made this podcast? Mm-hmm. And is it ethical for me to be listening to it? Because this is someone's life. It also made me really love Richard Simmons. Yeah. Because the guy who made it, like, genuinely loves this person and thinks that he's a good person. And I didn't – like, you kind of, like, know generally Richard Simmons has done a lot of good things for people. But, like, to hear people actually give their account of what he did for them was inspiring. Hmm. I don't know that Richard Simmons loves that it was made, but – Well, we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know where he is. Or we don't do know what we? He I don't know how it ends. No spoilers here. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we also all saw Crazy Rich Asians, <sighs> and we're here to talk about it. Uh, I finished the movie, turned to a friend, and said, I want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> the friend I was with, no. I was like, let's just like buy another ticket watch it again. Immediately after I said that, I got a text from Eli that said, I can't do this. I said, I'm 15 <laughs> minutes into this, and I don't think I can do it. Uh, you're better than this. Yeah. And it was, I think you texted the entire movie. Yeah. I said, Meg, you're better than that. Because then Meg responded to me, and she was like, I loved it best movie i've ever seen it's the new titanic and i was like no meg you're better than this and um and then i started to i was tweeting like a play-by-play of what was happening and then meg said you're dead to me and she said they're beautiful rich people in beautiful clothes just enjoy it and then she said i feel like gayness is wasted on you and that was a little hurtful (laughs) that's that's one of my sickest burns So should we talk about it? Yeah. But first I want to hear Nick's impression since I feel like we are on very polar opposite sides on this movie. I feel like it was a good comeback for the romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Twilight Zone. Sorry. What is happening? Sorry. Right. And I, I like the all Asian cast and I thought it was a, a, a good idea. Here's I have something to say. This summer, Mamma Mia 2, here we go again, oh. came out. Oh. The Onion... Uh-huh. does an onion film standard with Peter Rosenthal mm-hmm. about big movies. And they're always really funny. The one he did for Mamma Mia 2 was essentially get over yourself. Not every movie can be Schindler's List. <laughs> Enjoy the movie for what it is. It's just a fun time. And I feel the same way about Crazy Rich Asians. Am I learning anything from Crazy Rich Asians? No. Am I enjoying beautiful people in beautiful clothing in beautiful houses? Absolutely. For two hours? Absolutely. I'd do it another two hours if I could. There was no plot. 
There was no plot. And rom-coms don't need to be Schindler's List. They shouldn't be Schindler's List. But there are some rom-coms that are well-written with, like, dialogue that's interesting to listen to. And you get from point A to point B and you're like, oh, that was a good story that they told. This was not it. I got, like, halfway into this movie and I was just like, I don't even know who three-quarters of the characters are that keep popping onto the screen. Maybe because you were texting. No, stop. It was all – it was – the whole thing was a build-up to – a. A giant wedding of characters that we didn't even know. I was like, who are these people? They were and the it, best friends. But we, we didn't know anything about them. Like, they, like, go to this wedding, and then all of a sudden there's this huge wedding scene that lasted forever. And it was beautiful, and it was amazing. They flooded the aisle you with lily pads. This movie would have worked much better as 20 music videos, because then at least you wouldn't have cared about there being a cohesive plot. But what, it was like they... It was like they built a machine and then they fed into this machine all of the rom-coms of the last 30 years and then they pulled out lines and just put them in random order and then they had the actors read them. That is what this movie was for two hours. You're wrong. Like when they get to the party and she like goes to get out of the car and they had this huge makeover scene, but the only way she looks different is she changed her dress and she gets out of the car and he takes her hand and he's like, wow. I just fell in love with you all over again. And I, like, actually screamed in the movie. I was like, get me out of here. First of all, you're confused. That wasn't the big makeover scene. That was just her in Aquafina's closet. Aquafina <laughs> found a dress for her to wear. They made it's- it look like a makeover scene. Oh, my gosh. There okay. was a makeover montage. Uh, yeah, you got to agree with them there. <laughs> They were like, we're going to change. We're, you are going to, like, make it, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, like, all the hair people are, like, doing their thing. And they're, she's, like, coming out in all the, like, the bad dresses to the music. And then they're That's like, That's a different oh! part. That's and a then, different part. <laughs> That's later, before the wedding. Do you not see a problem that I can't even distinguish between, like, the points of this movie? I think that you need to put your phone down during movies <laughs> is the problem. You have to admit that the dialogue was cringy. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not like the dialogue's not good. (laughs) What's good is like you're in this place. You're in Singapore. I've never been to Singapore. That that was cool. I wanted to go to Singapore watching this movie. I was learning so much about all of these people. I didn't know there was like tons and tons of money in Singapore. Okay. And learning about that world was really fun and cool and a little bit eye opening. And I actually went with a friend who grew up in Hong Kong. Uh, and went to an international school, and she said that it was a very realistic portrayal of those people's lives. Like, crazy amounts of money. Just obscene amounts of money. No doubt these people were pretty, and the movie was pretty. Yeah. My problem is that it didn't have a plot. Also, the actors, the ma- the two main the leads, were terrible. Okay, do you watch Fresh Off the Boat? No. Constance Wu is in Fresh Off the Boat, and she's really funny. She's really, really good. Did you think she was good in this movie? I don't think she had a lot to work with in this movie. All right. I don't think her lines were awesome. It seems like we maybe agree more than you're willing to let on. The the dialogue, I was like, (laughs) this is fine. This is is a rom-com of like an era gone by. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a rom-com like that in a long time. In a long time. They're always cynical. They're always like nuanced and like just kind of (laughs) like... We've gone so indie that, yeah, like, yeah. a movie is – just seeing a movie like a movie I saw in the 90s was kind of fun. We've gone to 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Yes. That kind of yeah. changed everything, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It was – Yeah. We had to go a lot deeper. The characters had to be more complex. It wasn't just the – And edgy. Yeah. And it was just fun. Like, it was a fun time. I just love watching rich people and the 
obscene things they do. Yeah. Those houses were beautiful. I like the difference between the new rich and the old rich, like Aquafina's family and the young family. That was fun to see because that's something, you know, in America too. You go yeah. into a lot of Utah homes and it's, you're like, wow, this is how you've decorated your Vivint <laughs> money Fortune. house. Are you thinking of someone in particular? No. What? <laughs> I, no. I will say I know that I'm in the minority because – the my, the movie theater, like the audience I was watching this with, ate it up. Yeah. And at the end, when he pulls out like the giant green ring, the whole audience gasped. <laughs> and Skylar and I looked at each other and we're like, are we crazy people? Because like he pulls out the ring and everyone was like, <gasps> and then you hear like a little bit of clapping. And I was like, this is a really bad movie. Like, why are people gasping right now? I don't I'm not invested in any of these characters. I, I, I guess. Did you gasp? Um, <laughs> One other thing that I listened to this week, and this relates, is an interview, another podcast that The Ringer does. This one is with David Chang, who is a celebrity chef. Uh, what's his? Momofuku. Momofuku. Uh, and he does Ugly Delicious. He's like world-renowned, covers of everything. Total A-lister. And he does this podcast. And he brought on his friend named David Cho, who is a street artist who's made hundreds of millions of dollars gambling and has, like, the craziest life, uh, really sad stories, really crazy stories. They're both Asian. Uh, they talked about growing up Asian and how hard it was. And that's not a perspective I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. I think I think of Asians as smart, um, successful, mm -hmm. good families, I never think about how hard it would be to be a minority in America mm -hmm. because they are minorities. And they talked about watching movies and the only Asians they ever saw were like Long Duck Dong in 16 Candles mm -hmm. or like the oh, money okay. changers Pictures, in yeah. Star Wars, yeah. like very just racist mm -hmm. stereotypes. So I think that I went into Crazy Rich Asians and was just like so happy for a group of people who were finally getting representation as this is this is our life and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and i know that the studio wanted to put white actors in place of the asian actors and that kevin kwan who wrote the book said absolutely not mm. we're going to go with whoever will cast asian people and they did it and that must mean a lot to that group of people mm -hmm. Yes, except that I feel the same way about this as I felt about Love, Simon, where oh, okay. everyone was like, uh, oh, they finally made a movie representing like this story in a mainstream movie. We should all be really happy about this. And you're not supposed to dislike it because it's, it's meaningful to like people in a certain group. So then I went to Love, Simon and had the same experience where I walked out of it. And I was like, yeah, it's great that they made a movie trying to like represent a story of this kind of person. Why can't they why can't we like give them a good movie, though? Like, why does it have to be a bad movie? And like, we don't have to like the movie just because it's attempting to represent stories of, of a certain. I had other problems with Love, Simon, including the fact that it was just a bunch of straight people making movies about gay people and capitalizing <laughs> on what it was supposed to be our stories. But anyway, at least this movie actually had Asians in it. And I think that that part was great. I just think that it would be really nice if also it was a good movie, well-written and something that, like, 
we could actually all agree was a good movie. Yeah, well, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you're putting minorities in the spaces where a regular Caucasian person would have that role and that that classifies it making as a good movie? Or does it have, like like Crazy Rich Asians, does it have to be about like that group? Or for them to get the representation that they're looking for, what role does it have to be? Oh, I don't think I can answer that because I'm not Asian. Well, yeah, I know. But like from from your perspective or from your guys' perspective. What's your question? I mean, okay, so so Eli was saying that it needs to be a good movie to have the representation justified, right? So for it to be a good movie, what role does it have to be? Because obviously Crazy Rich Asians, I mean, it's in the in the title. Like yeah. it's you're going to have an Asian cast there. But like, okay, Asians aren't represented enough in movies the way that they're supposed to be. What do they have to be in to get the representation that they're looking for? Like, are there is there enough source material out there for them to get the representation? That well, they need? I think like the movie that's coming out this Friday, A Simple Favor, uh, about the two women, uh, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Blake yeah. Lively's husband in it is uh, an Asian man, okay. and I think like that's kind of monumental, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a, and it's not like a thing. It's not like oh, she's married to an Asian man. It's just like it's a handsome guy. Yeah. he's Asian, and I think that's a step. But I also think Crazy Rich Asians, a show about a movie about Asian culture, mm-hmm. is significant and sure. important as well. So I think it's both. Okay. I think it's casting more Asians in traditional roles and making more movies about any group and about their culture. Um, Would you have liked this movie if it was made about white people? Probably not. Yeah. But, like, that, it wouldn't make sense I to know. have yeah, a movie yeah, yeah. about Americans in Singapore. Like, what I loved about the movie was the Singapore-ness mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's an American family who lives in Singapore. Yeah. And they're rich and whatever, and they go back to Singapore. Would you have, would you have thought it was a good movie? Probably not. No. Yeah. No. So it really was just the fact that it was a, a total Asian cast for you that made it a good well, movie. Well, and, like, an Asian sensibility, I felt like. Like, I got... Watching this, I felt like the aesthetics and stuff were a lot of what I saw when we, like, went to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And, like, the part where they're, like, texting and, like, the colors are flying, you're yeah. kind of like, well, this is weird and over the top. But that was, like, very Tokyo television. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was fun. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. But I can see how it would be, like, what the crap is happening here. No, I actually liked that aspect of it. Oh, you it. did? Okay. When that was ha- – no, no, no. I had no problem with that sort of thing at the beginning of the movie when it was, like, kind of flashing to all these, like, text bubbles and whatever. Yeah. That did feel uh, very, like, Asian to me. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun that they're, like, incorporating sort of what media looks like. From my perspective, what media looks like in Asia – into this movie, and I, I thought that was good. My only problem was that the plot made no sense, and the acting was bad, and the dialogue was terrible. Well, <laughs> that was my only problem. I mean, I didn't think that. I think there was a plot. It's just a very straightforward plot. Like, mm-hmm. like she's dating a guy. The mom doesn't think she's good enough. Like, that's pretty much the story, right? And then somehow she wins the mom over but by doing nothing. It's not clear how. How did she win the mom over by winning the tile game? So she beat her in a game and then the mom was like, I did have a problem with that game because I have no idea what's happening in that game. And I just like inferred that she had won by like her flipping over the stuff when I had like no idea what Hmm. was happening. The the sidekick, the um, like uh, genie from Aladdin character is what I referred to her as. Aquafina. Aquafina, that was her name. She was very funny. She's amazing. She, She was fun to watch in that movie. Yeah, she's a rapper. Actually, and she was also in Ocean's 8. 
Uh, She's great in everything she does. I think we're going to see a lot more of her. Uh, Her family felt a little kind of long duck Donnie to me. Like Mm. the brother, I was like, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. But I thought like her house was really fun. Aspects of her life were really fun. And she was a fun character. Mm -hmm. So Uh, I would recommend this movie to the right person. Appreciate it for what it is. You'll enjoy it. I would recommend it to all 12-year-old girls everywhere. Speaking of Asians and representation and 12-year-old girls, I also watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Which How was is on it? Netflix. I loved it. Would I like it? No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. You might. It's very straightforward. Oh, Okay. And I feel like you want nuance. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't turn the snob on me. You, you are way snobbier than I am about media. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, what do we want to talk about next week? I feel like we should talk about like a, an old show. Let's okay. do it. Friends? Let's talk about Friends next week. Friends. Okay. Next week we'll be talking about Friends. Join us. Bring your thoughts on the gang. All six of them. Gang of six. Uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>